0: And stayed. Praise the Lord that he stayed. And now we've received him. His light's in our heart. It didn't just go away. Praise the Lord for that. And that's what we are so thankful for when it comes to the real story of Christmas. The fact that it doesn't stop in Bethlehem. It just continues to go on and on and on to where we are today. Worshiping him today. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Isn't that what we're told? <laughs> what does that mean to you? White Christmases? Does it mean, you know, all sorts of Christmas things on the radio that you bebop to as you go down the road? And they, they started playing Christmas music after like the middle of October in some stores. It was like, what are you doing? I mean, the angels are singing and, you know, everything's orange and black still. <laughs> it's like, What's going on? But unfortunately, what has happened with Christmas is the world, which when I say the world, I mean that system that's not really with God, that's against God, has figured out a way. They, they realized they couldn't just take Christmas out. It was too big. Jesus being born, God with us, was too big just to eradicate. So what they did was they morphed it. They morphed it into nostalgia, traditions, traditions. And today, unfortunately, many people are worshiping, I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. And they're worshiping, Santa Claus is coming to town. And all these different things we have. And listen, I'm not going to preach a message against Santa Claus today. That is not my point. But what I am going to say is this. There is so much amazing truth that is in God's Word when it comes to the birth of His Son. I mean the account that is biblical, that we get to read in Luke chapter 2 and Matthew chapter 2, and we get to look at the prophecies that, that God laid out so that we would know when the Messiah was here. It's amazing. The framework that God has throughout all of history, but the planning that He had in bringing His Son to earth, there's no, nothing better than looking at what God did To make sure his son was in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing, so that he could die for the sins of me and for you. And So this morning, we're going to take our Bibles to Luke chapter 2. and I want to really look at the joy that is possible when you're not so caught up in fiction, and when you're not so caught up in what you want, and when you're not so... Uh, caught up in what the latest and greatest things to do with uh, a light or a song or a tree. When you actually start to realize that the fact that Jesus Christ became a man so that he could die for us. He became one of us so he could die for us. Now there's the, should be, the joy that we have during this time period. Well, Luke chapter 2 We're going to start in verse number 7 where this wonderful event, And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Jesus is born. Jesus becomes, well, God becomes flesh. Now here's an amazing thing that at the birth of Jesus, and I believe that while it was it was it was happening in the events as mentioned, Jesus was born. Then the angels come, and the angel, not all angels yet, and lo, verse well, verse number uh, eight, and there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. Verse 9, And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. Verse 10, The angel said unto them, Fear not. Isn't it funny that the angel consistently goes during this Christmas story and has to tell people, Don't be afraid. It's okay. I don't think it's this, you know, lovely little white angelic thing that, you know, has wings and a, and a halo. I don't think that's really maybe what people are seeing here. I don't know, but I do know this, that whatever they were seeing, that petrified them. It made them sore afraid. Those words sore afraid means they were stunned. They were, they, they were you can say, just still because of the fear they had. They didn't know what to do. But then the angel says, fear not. And then wants to bring the reason why the visit is happening. For, for behold, I bring you good tidings. I'm here to comfort your heart. I'm here to bring you good news. I'm here to bring you good tidings of, here's the two words, great joy. Great joy, which shall be to All of you, right? No, he goes and makes it global to all people. If you're a person, this is good news for you. This is great joy for you. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And here's where all the other angels come in. Verse 13, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass as the angel was gone away from them out of heaven, into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, let us Now go, even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. We're going to stop there at this moment and just bring you this great understanding of what the angel was saying when they said to the shepherds, we have joy for you. Has anybody ever tried to share joy with you? Hmm, what does that look like? I mean, if you touch your iPhone to somebody else's iPhone, do you get joy? How do you get joy downloaded? Okay. Can somebody, you know, put you in some kind of room and say, okay, here's a joyful room. So here, now, here's joy. How does that communicate? How does that transfer? Yet here we have the angel saying, what I'm about to tell you, what I'm about to relate to you, is good tidings of great joy. So what in these tidings makes them something that we ought to have joy about? Because I want to communicate this today, that joy, great joy, is established or set up in truth. And the reason why the angel knew it would be great joy was because the angel understood the message of God and the angel understood the context that the one that he and other angels worshiped in heaven is now in a manger in Bethlehem. So the angel got it. He knew what was so great about this. He understood what was happening and it was all founded in truth. Letter A is, unfortunately, this Christmas season with the fiction and traditions is able to provide us seasonal happiness at best. What happens on December 26th? What happens on midnight on Christmas Day when the radio switches back to the stuff you don't want to listen to? Right? 1159, 1201, 26, it's over, right? Christmas is done. I mean, I do credit the retail stores. At least they're trying to keep Christmas up until the 23rd, maybe the 24th. But, man, you go into a store on the 25th, or 26th, excuse me, or 27th, and it's all out the door. They're transitioning, man. Hearts, Valentine hearts everywhere. Right? Because it's done. <laughs> I mean, you might be able to get a good deal for next year on the clearance racks, but that's where the Christmas aisle is. Because it's over. It's over. All this buildup, which I think a lot of the songs that we sing this time of year are winter songs. I mean, we're walking in a winter wonderland in February, folks, not December, despite what Hallmark tries to tell you. I mean, we we really have this time frame where if you are trusting in the, the trappings and the traditions and the and the things that, and I'm not I'm not saying that we shouldn't do these things as family, I'm saying. What we should find joy in is not these things. We should find the joy of the season in the truth of Jesus Christ being born in Bethlehem. So in order to have great joy, we need to look at the great truth of what the angel is saying here. And so when we celebrate Christmas for the truth of this announcement, we can experience great joy past December 25th. What is the joy? Well, Emmanuel, God with us. Now let that sink in for a moment. God became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only beyond the Father, full of grace and truth. God became flesh. Now, if you think about that concept, we almost skip over it and let it just uh, breeze through our mind because it's so, well, it's just something we've always known. That Jesus Christ not was God. Jesus Christ is God. But this God became flesh. Why did Jesus have to become flesh? Why couldn't He have just stayed 100% God and come down and done the work of redemption? And we all know the reason for that. Because He came down and was all God all man 100% of the time because he wanted and he had to become that sacrifice for us. He had to die for us. That's an amazing thing. God with us. That's the truth of this time. God came to earth. God came to Bethlehem. God visited mankind and didn't just visit and leave. visited and stayed. And stayed and did amazing things while he was on this earth. And taught amazing truth while he was on this earth. And established what we call the church so that we could be here today worshiping him. Because this is who it's all about. It's about Emmanuel who is God with us. Who is now God in us. Because of salvation. But also the truth that this is the Savior Christ the Lord. Now this was clearly uh, told to the shepherds. This is the Savior. This is Christ the Lord. Uh, Well, in that culture, it's this is the Savior. He's the Messiah. He's the promised one. He's the one we've been waiting for. He's the one we've been hoping for. This is happening now. And there's the truth. That he, from the very announcement of his birth, from the very moment of his birth, he was already in the process of becoming the Savior of the world. Some say, and erroneously say, that Jesus chose, you know, could have chosen not to go to the cross. I don't believe that. I believe that Jesus Christ was intending from the moment he hit Bethlehem, he was planning on going to the cross. That is what he came to do. Because without that, without the cross, Bethlehem has very little significance. Without salvation, without Him being the Savior, I mean, it's a great story. It's a great event. And wow, angels showed up. But if He did not become our Savior, then we would be of all men most miserable, as Paul would say. So why do we have great joy during this time? Not because of the traditions and not because of the fiction that is all around us during this time. We have great joy because this is God with us. This is the Savior being born in Bethlehem. This is my Savior in a manger who's going to grow up and die on a cross for my sin and rise again on the third day so we can have victory. I mean, this is the one who we're worshiping. But I want to bring this into scope this morning because this message of great joy was given to shepherds. And so our second point is great joy is shared with the unfortunate. Now maybe you don't understand culturally what a shepherd's role was. Let me put it this way. Nobody grew up in Bethlehem saying, when I grow up, I want to be a shepherd. It wasn't on the top ten jobs that you wanted to do. As a matter of fact, a shepherd, if you look culturally and if you look at the historians, they would say that shepherds were really social outcasts. They really didn't identify with other people. They pretty much put them with the sheep because that's all they trusted them with. And some of these guys were rough. And some of them were rugged just because That was their lifestyle. They were out in the fields. That's pretty much where they lived the majority of their life. They lived with the sheep. They were there to protect the sheep. They were there to uh, lead the sheep to go to the place where uh, the sheep could get the sustaining water and the food that it needed. I mean, they were there, and they were there pretty much full time. And because of that, it was an isolated job. Because of that, it was kind of a dangerous job. But not a dangerous job that if you did your job, you know, people would be, you know, saying how heroic you were. I mean, you just took care of business. That's what you did. Had to kill a wolf, you killed the wolf. Had to kill a bear, killed the bear. Had to kill anything else that was trying to go after your sheep, well, you did your job. But nobody's standing there saying, wow, he's such an amazing shepherd. Who cares? He's doing his job. That's why we put him out there. The sheeps are defenseless. He's basically their defense. It wasn't like a heroic job. And then when you bring into this, because of the job, shepherds were not what we call ceremonially clean. Because they had to Sometimes, well, often, touch dead animals and move dead animals, which would make them ceremony unclean. And because they got into this rut where they were just out in the field and they weren't really observing a lot of things, and we don't see any record during this time where they would take time off, you know, from the sheep to observe Sabbath or anything. It's just you're out there, you get to watch the sheep, and that's your job. And don't come to the temple to worship because... You are not ceremonially clean. You're not able to enter and worship with us because of your job. Because of the things your job makes you do. And so we are looking at a group of people that felt like outcasts because they were outcasts. But I don't want you to miss this because... God purposely chose to deliver this message to shepherds to put into precedent this idea that Jesus Christ wasn't just coming for the best and brightest of human culture. And and, and Jesus Christ was not coming just for the accepted ones. Jesus Christ was coming for everyone. And no better statement than to say, We're going to deliver this message, this angelic message, this amazing event where these guys who are outcasts in society actually got to see angels, actually got to hear a message from God. And then I love this because it brings this into our great joy. You know how great joy is developed? It's not by downloading it to your iPhone. It's not by being in this euphoric sense that's, that's happiness and that, that, that is fleeting. But you know where great joy is found? Is when you really communicate love and mercy to others that need it. Because that's exactly what God was doing here. He was picking the least of the society and delivering this message to them so he could show love and mercy to them, so he can show them, hey, guys, you are important to me. And you matter to me. And although your society has discarded you, God doesn't discard anybody. As a matter of fact, we're going to put Jesus in a place where only you would know. Think about that. God put Jesus in a manger in Bethlehem. Now we can all blame the innkeeper and say what a horrible man he was for turning Jesus and put him out in the street. But I don't think there's any innkeeper mentioned here because all we know there was no room for the inn. This poor guy, this fictional character, the innkeeper, gets all this flack this time of year for turning away the baby Jesus. How dare you? Who, what kind of man are you, right? <laughs> this, this, I think it was just the scenario was, there wasn't any openings, so they had to find a place because she was about to have a baby. And so God perfectly put that manger in that stable, totally unoccupied because he wanted Jesus to be born in a stable because he was going to plan on telling shepherds about this birth. And it was God's plan that these shepherds would be the first people to worship this God incarnate. Now think about that. If he told a bunch of dignitaries he's in a manger in Bethlehem, they'd be like, uh, right. So can you please tell me what a manger is real quick? Let's have a quick lesson. What's a manger? But a shepherd's like, I know what a manger is. Not only do they know what a manger is, they know the open mangers. Huh. Oh, yeah, there's, a, there's one of those. Yeah, there's an open manger. Yeah, it's over there by that inn. That's probably where it is. I mean, you see this response of the shepherds. They don't sit there and they wonder, okay, so uh, you stay with the sheep. You stay with the sheep. You stay with the sheep. But Larry Curly Mullen, we're, we're going. We're going right now. We're going to worship. No, they just take off. They just look at each other and they say, we got to go see this great thing. I don't think they left the sheep with anybody. They just went And it didn't seem that they wandered around, you know. They're like, okay, you go east, I'll go west, and we'll figure this out. It seemed like they came with one accord because they knew where this was happening. Why? Because they're shepherds, and they knew where stables were, and they knew where mangers were, and they knew which ones were open and which ones weren't. That's why God. Because see, here's the thing. We as a culture might look at people as outcasts, or we might as a people look at people as discarded, but God never does, and God sees the value in them, and God doesn't see the value, just the value in them, in their worth because they're people. God knows they have something to offer us. And so many times we hide behind our walls and don't really reach out to people because we think they can't offer us anything. But the reality is God puts people in our lives all the time that we would never want to come in contact with. And then we realize, wow, they really taught me a valuable lesson here. They really spoke to my heart. So here's what I'm trying to say. Great joy is when you take the great joy. This idea that Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, was born during this season. Now I can use this avenue to share it with others. But not just with anybody, but to share it with the unfortunate. To share with those who are having a a, a hard time right now. Christmas. We have this wonderful event. Guys, put up the uh, slide for the winter toy shop. There's this winter toy shop we're having on December uh, 23rd from 4 to 6. Why does our church do events like this? So that you and I can see great joy happen in our own lives. So that you and I can do our best to communicate God's love and God's mercy to people that might be falling on hard times, so to speak. People that might need help, might need a toy for their child. And the way this is set here on December 23rd, I can guarantee you there will be some people there that if they didn't get a toy for their child or that child didn't get a toy on this event, they might not have gotten a Christmas gift this close to Christmas. Why does our church do like, things like this? To show love, to show mercy, to give you an opportunity that during this season to have great joy in helping others. And if you've ever worked one of these winter toy shops, it's a lot of fun. And it's not just fun because some people have pointy ears. And it's not just fun because we're all, you know, doing fun things and giving out toys. It's fun because people's lives are being touched. And God is communicating Our love to them. And that is an amazing thing when you get to be a part of that. Great joy. Great joy. If you want to sign up for this, there's a sign-up sheet on the uh, front desk. And you can go ahead and put your name down there and sign up for a time slot. And we can actually have this wonderful event where you can participate in giving, we can say, great joy to somebody else. But that's not the only place we can give great joy, by the way. Let me bring this in. There are people that maybe throughout your year you have decided to maybe turn away from that relationship with. And maybe you have some reasons, but maybe this time of year is the time where you forgive. And you let them back in. Maybe maybe your family is different than my family, but my family, you know... We have, you know, some black sheep, maybe like your family does, but do we ignore them? Do we do the unchristian thing and just breeze by them and not invite them or not even see them or desire to see them? I don't think that's what God wants during this, this time and this idea of great joy. I think we need to do our best to not just repair some relationships that are broken, but also to really continue relationships that are going to be a help to us throughout the next year. Boy, there's a lot of people that are not spending Christmas with anybody during the holidays. Find some. See how you can be a blessing to them. Hey, it's a great thing to communicate to your children. I'm not saying take a you know, stranger off the street and do it with children, but I am saying what you should do is find somebody who in your life you could actually welcome back and show how much you love them and care for them, minister to them this Christmas season. Let me bring this into scope here. In Matthew 25, 34-40, through 40, there's the parable where Jesus is talking about a king. And the words are on, the, the, the scripture passage is on the uh, screen behind us. Then, then shall the king say unto them, this is Matthew 25-34, then shall the king say unto them, on his right hand, come ye, blessed of my Father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungered, and ye gave me meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me in. Naked, and ye clothed me. I was sick, and ye visited me. I was in prison, and you came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when shall we, when shall we hungered and fed thee, or thirsty and gave thee drink? When saw thee a stranger and took thee in, or naked and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick or in prison and come, came unto thee? And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, insomuch as ye have done it unto the least of these my brethren, ye have done it unto me. Who on your life fits that category? Well, When you minister to them, you are ministering to the cause of Christ. And you know what that brings? Joy. Not just joy, great joy. Well, our third point is this. Great joy should be spread to everyone. And I love this because these shepherds, these outcasts of society, these people that wouldn't have a chance to enter into the temple, these people actually become the first evangelists. Look what happens in verse 15. It's amazing. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone from them into, the, into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us go now even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which, which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known to us. Verse 16, And they came with haste. By the way, that's the name of their dog. So it's a good biblical name to name your dog. They came with haste. He was a sheepdog. We all know that. They came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad to the the saying which was told them concerning this child. Where did they make known? Abroad. They literally went everywhere. They couldn't contain themselves. They worshipped and then they got up from worshipping and they went and told anybody that would listen. And this was probably very awkward for them, for everybody else. They were wondering. People that heard the things that the shepherds were saying were like, what got into them? What's going on? Mary, though, verse 19, kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Verse 20, and the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. And we see this great opportunity to realize that when you have great joy, when you realize the truth of this season, when you realize that Jesus has, was born in the manger to die for our sins, now this is the opportunity to take that information and spread it to everybody. It's a great opportunity this time of year to bring Christ into the conversation. It's a great time to bring them from Jesus in the manger to Jesus on the cross for our sins, to Jesus in the tomb, dead, and then on the third day rising again. There is, it's a great season to bring that into conversation. It's almost natural sometimes. I mean, go to your lost relative and see they have a crutch there with a Jesus in the manger. You can literally say, hey, yeah, Jesus is in the manger. He, he was born there so he could die for us. Not that you do it with, you know, big Bible and I'm going to thump you over the head with truth. No, that it's a natural conversation that you can actually bring. Take advantage of it. There are many Christians, and maybe you're one of them, that came to Christ because a relative or a friend invited you to something that had to do with Christmas. And you went. And your life has never been the same. Because it's that time of year where you get to have a natural progression. Another time of year is, is, is resurrection or Easter time. But this right here is one of them. I mean, this is great. Take advantage of it. Our church has many opportunities for you to enjoy, to worship during this Christmas season. Invite your neighbors. Invite your relatives. You might not be able to get them to go to a normal church service, but you might be able to get them to go to something called a Christmas service. Oh, sure, Christmas, sure, we'll go. Take advantage of it. Spread the joy. Spread the joy. Let her be. Who are the people in our lives that need to hear the gospel? Who are they? What a great opportunity this time to be like the shepherds, to worship. Here you are worshiping, and then to start sharing the gospel, spreading the gospel with everybody. There we go. That's what brings something called great joy. Do you have that this morning? Heads bowed, eyes closed, and let's ask the Lord to help us as we make a decision. What's the joy level in your life this morning? Is the traditions and the trappings of Christmas not doing it for you? What do you need to do? Perhaps you need to connect with the truth of why we celebrate Christmas. Maybe we need to encounter Christ in a manger, Christ who will die for us. And maybe you can realize that that manger is not just something that is a seasonal thing. That manger is something that carried our Savior so that he can begin the journey to the cross, to die for us. As heads are bowed and eyes are closed, Are you thinking of somebody right now that you need to actually let into your life this Christmas? Maybe you need to let back in to your life this Christmas. Maybe some forgiveness that has to happen. Some mercy, some love that needs to happen. What a great opportunity to communicate to our loved ones and those who need to be loved How are you doing with using opportunities like this to share the gospel? We need to be missional in our outlook. Help us to do so. And that this, this season helps us to do so. As we take this moment to ask the Lord to help us to have the true and great joy that has been mentioned by the angels here. May we find it in truth. May we find it in sharing it with the unfortunate. And may we find it with spreading it to all. As Lua plays on the piano, let's take a few moments just to ask the Lord to help us and work in our hearts. To help us to be the evangelists that God wants us to be at this time. Thank you for sending Jesus Christ to die on the cross for us. And thank you for the preparation that you made in humanity for him to come the way he did. Thank you for including shepherds so we too can be included. Thank you for including the joy that was spread throughout this region because of your birth. So we can know that our job is to do the same. Help us, I pray way to mimic the shepherds, worship you, adore you, and tell everybody about you. Help us to do that during this season. In Jesus' name.